Welcome to the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour, and we do love happy hour and the clinking of glasses and cheers to all you fabulous women who are fully living your lives at every age and every stage. And here's the best news, every hour is happy hour. So whether you clink cheers with your coffee mug or your afternoon cappuccino, remember as the song says, it's five o'clock somewhere. Join us for some grown-up fun, interesting and stimulating conversations that will motivate, inspire, or just make you laugh. And for more grown-up fun, visit our website, The Three Tomatoes, and the three is spelled out, and sign up for our newsletters. Now sit back and relax and enjoy the episode. Hello, tomatoes. I'm Cheryl Benton, and welcome to our Happy Hour podcast. And we could all use a little happy hour right now. We're certainly living in unprecedented times and with new phrases in our lexicon like social distancing, self-quarantines, and shortages of things like toilet paper, no wonder we're all stressed or actually freaking out. So here to help us all take a deep breath and calm down a little bit is Dr. Robbie Ludwig, a nationally known psychotherapist, award-winning reporter, and author. So welcome, Robbie, and really thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today, because I know between patients and your media requests, you're crazy. So (laughs) we really appreciate it. (laughs) I'm so glad I could join you. I, I know that we're all in this together. So we're figuring everything out as we go along. Exactly. So I think we're, we're all stressed at this point. And I know normally I like to think of myself as a, you know, as a calm person. I try not to overreact, but I find those moments where I'm feeling like a little, you know, panic moment setting on. And I know there's other people freaking out. So What would be your first advice to all of us to help us de-stress a little bit? Well, I think the first thing is to just take a deep breath. We're not supposed to have all of the answers right now. You know, we are all hearing about the news at the same time and about various closings and just people having to shut down their businesses. So I think we just need to give ourselves a moment to get situated. That's the first step. You know, just take a deep breath, realize we're in uncharted territories, and to give ourselves a little bit of time to figure out what our new normal will be. Well, that's very helpful indeed. And let's talk a little bit about, you know, most of us are are staying home now, whether we're being, uh, we've been forced to stay home, Uh, you know, like places like San Francisco right now, or they're just asking us to self-quarantine. And let's talk a little bit about people living alone, because I think that could be really stressful and also very isolating to a lot of people. So what's your advice to to those people? And what could we as um, friends or family do to help um, our friends, relatives who are who are on their own right now? One of the good things about times like this is that we can think about others in a new way. When you think about it, Cheryl, a lot of us are so busy in our own worlds that we're running around, we're getting our work done, we're paying our bills, we're just trying to stay above the water, right, and and get everything that we need to get done with our very, very busy schedules. And this is really a stop and pause moment. 
a moment where we really can think about others who might be isolated and need our support and need our love. So that's the advantage here. We really are thinking of others. And now we have the time and space to do something about it, to put our feelings into words in perhaps a way that we were too busy to do before, or just thought, you know, the people we know and love will automatically know that we love them. Now people are really being more deliberate in their interactional style. And that's a positive. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, Uh, You know, I do see people are reaching out to each other more right now. And what I did, I'm doing this tomorrow, actually. I just scheduled um, a virtual cocktail party with several of my friends, some of whom are single and living on their own. So we're all going to hop on Zoom tomorrow at 530 with our wine or our tea or whatever. And just, you know, and just chat. So everybody was very excited when I sent it out and they've all responded. So I think there are ways that we could, you know, think of reaching out to each other and and certainly not feeling isolated. And as you say, we are in this together. We are in this together. We are social creatures by nature. We do need to connect. And fortunately, technology has really allowed us to connect virtually. So that means that we can do things like you are doing with virtual cocktail parties. Um, Even for online dating, people can start uh, a Skyping date where they really get to know each other. It is going to really help us develop new skills that we maybe have not developed before. It's showing that we care and and that we want to connect in new and creative ways. And I think that's the key here. We are developing a new language, a new style. We just need to think creatively to think about how can we connect with people in a way that's healthy? How do we get to spend time and show our love with the people that we truly do love? And I think people are finding that there are lots of different ways. Yeah, that's great. That's a great way of looking at it. And another thing, too, I have to say, on one level, having a totally free calendar, (laughs) it's kind of liberating. And it's made me realize how, you know, I sort of tend to jam way too many things into into a week. So they some of these things I go to, it starts to feel like a chore instead of something to enjoy. Yeah. And then suddenly seeing that empty calendar, I mean, it's on the plus side, it's allowing me to catch up on a lot of things. And I'm sure other people as well. Yeah, I mean, I know I'm having the exact same feeling. I'm a person who likes to be out and about and I tend to overstuff my schedule. It's just the way <laughs> I live my life. It's very typical of New Yorkers as well. Yeah. We're kind of like on the go and that's what makes us happy and feel energized. But I have to say I'm somewhat energized by the idea of spending some family time together in a way that we normally don't do. My son is home from college. We had an at-home dinner last night in a way that we haven't done in years. And it was just (laughs) a beautiful moment. I'm looking forward to cleaning my closets and eliminating all the things in my life that I don't need that I really do believe have weighed me down. So this is a wonderful time to reprioritize and regroup. This really is an opportunity if we choose to seize it. 
Well, and, you know, you just mentioned, you know, families coming home and kids coming back from college. So kind of let's go to that flip side of, you know, they're the people who are, um, you know, kind of on their own with that. And they may be looking at the people with families and saying, oh, well, you're so lucky. But (laughs) we also know that you now often are in situations where you have two parents working at home who've never had to do that before. Kids around the house. My, you know, my daughter's got three teenage kids at home right now who all want to be out and about and, it gets a little unnerving. So what's your advice to managing the family thing right now? I think I think schedule is really important. We need to create a schedule. So what work often does for us or school does for us is it structures our day for us. Now we're going to have to be more deliberate and think a little bit more like an entrepreneur who works from home, like you, Cheryl, right? A lot of these entrepreneurs who work from home, we're going to be looking to them for advice because they've been in this space for a long time. And it means getting up at a certain time, exercising. It's okay to go outdoors and and breathe in the fresh air and take a walk be with nature, Uh, have that reading time. Maybe you schedule a movie time together. Uh, I believe that certain gatherings are okay if it's under a certain number. You just want to be healthy. We need to assume right now and act a little bit like we all have something that's contagious since we don't know. And so we rather be safe rather than sorry, because we don't want to put anyone in harm's way. But we can still exercise. We can still get out in nature. We can still read books. We can still structure our day. We can still talk and text with friends. So I need. I think we need to focus on all the things that we still can do, because there's still a lot we can do. Yeah, and I think all those things are also will help distract us from those sort of panic moments. As I said, I caught myself starting to feel a little bit of that, you know, too. And it's I've just I'm trying to just shut the news off and news off and kind of keep that to a minimum, just you know, to update when I need to. And I'm finding that's helping helping some too it's helping me a little bit anyway no I think that's it's true and it's what we really are recommending to people listen the news is riveting it's the most interesting uh story if you will on television it's a reality story unfolding it almost doesn't feel real because it's so extreme and none of us have experienced times like this you know unless you know somebody experienced wartime, uh, maybe that's similar in some way. So we need to really give ourselves a diet in terms of the news that we're taking in. We really don't need to have more than 30 minutes. Get your update if you feel that it's upsetting you. Walk away, read a book. The news will be there, I promise you. It's gonna (laughs) be there anytime you want. And I have to say too, Cheryl, one of the things I noticed is I'm finding the news interesting. I'm kind of curious about it because I'm semi in that science space. Right. So I'm I'm interested in learning about the science of, of viruses and, and what's going on. And I find Dr. Fauci like an amazing doctor and kind of a new media star, if you will, that's guiding the country through all of this. Um, but I think, too, um, that social media 
can really trigger a lot of fears. And, and I was reading through her feed, one of my friends, you know, you'll see a lot of conspiracy theories out there and it's right. very riveting in its own right. So I would say also be careful of the social media that you take in, because in some ways that could be more provocative than the news that we're getting. Oh, absolutely. And I and I'm sure, you know, like you, too, I mean, I'm getting a gazillion emails a day around this. And a lot of people, you know, they're just forwarding things that really have no basis of support. And I think you're right. It just creates more anxiety to people. So I would totally underscore what you just said and don't pass around information that hasn't been vetted and uh, you know, let's go, let's, let's go back to posting the puppies and kittens online. That would be so, I know. I, so much nicer right now. Right. I agree. But I think we all need to take responsibility for where we get our information. Yep. And right now the CDC, uh, the state department of health, the world health organization are legitimate places to get your news and information from. I can't speak to any other places. Maybe Johns Hopkins, I think, is a pretty credible source. Mm -hmm. But let's look to those organizations because during times of these kind of epic pandemics or crisis, and the World Health Organization will speak to this, it triggers a lot of rumors, prejudice, biases. So we really want to take a step back and be careful about what we are digesting because in order to be emotionally healthy, we have to think about what we are putting in our brain. And it really matters getting the exercise we need, connecting, making sure that we are emotionally feeling as strong as possible, because that also helps our immune system and really will help us during these times that we're transitioning into a very different lifestyle. That's that's great advice too, Robbie. And then it seems to me, you know, part of our um, our stress is because we're in a situation, as you said, that's unknown, and we don't have a lot of control over it. I mean, in fact, we really have no control over it. And I think that's what's. I think that's part of my stress. I mean, I happen to like to be able to control everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what would you be your advice there? How do we just stop thinking of it in terms of, okay, I can't control this, but other people in charge who hopefully are, how do we get ourselves in a better spot around that? Well, the truth is, Cheryl, we always have things in our life that we can't control. We just might not be as aware of it, or that might go into the denial part of our thinking, right? <laughs> so, right. So there are always things that we don't have control over, but there are always things that we do. And that's what we need to focus on. We can uh, exercise if we choose to. We can download an app that helps us create an indoor gym. We can choose to write a letter to someone that we love. We can choose to reach out to the people that we care about. We can choose to take an online course if we've always wanted to learn about something that we just never had the time to do. We can start to think about different ways that we can thrive under the circumstances. Listen, there are going to be people that come out of this with new brilliant ideas because of this experience. They're going to figure out new ways to market their businesses. They're gonna figure out new ways of connecting as a result of what 
we are learning about this point in time in history. So think about the things you do have control over. Think about the ways you can thrive under the circumstances and think about different ways that you can live your life now that we are living in a different kind of way. You know, like I noticed, even for me, Cheryl, and I love to buy clothes nonstop, but I'm kind of realizing, hmm, I'll try to make myself look kind of nice at home, but you know (laughs) what? I don't need a lot of fancy dresses. I'm doing things on Skype. Nobody really cares. I just want to sit and be comfortable. So it's a different way of thinking about where we're putting our energies. It's a different way of looking at ourselves and what we need and what's important. So it can be used as a time of self-reflection. There are things we can choose to do. There are always things we can choose to control. That's great. And I also like your your whole concept, too, of looking at Uh, opportunities this might create for you and new ways you can be looking at your business or your life or whatever it is. And I think that's a very positive way, too, of dealing with this. Um, So another thing, and because I know a lot of my friends are dealing with this right now, that, you know, a, a lot of people have relatives in assisted living situations or nursing homes, and they're not being allowed to visit them right now because of, you know, rightly so restrictions that they're putting on visitors. So what would you say to them to handle those concerns? Because that's just another added level of stress if you have a parent or someone in in one of those situations. Yeah. Well, it's important to call. So see if you can call more frequently. See if there are little nice thoughtful gifts you can send through the mail. Um, maybe they're beautiful photos in a frame. Uh, Maybe grandchildren can draw artwork that they send their way. This really could be a time to focus even more so on the elderly. Listen, a lot of us live in different places. We don't always get to see people that we love in person. In fact, that's happening less and less. So now in some ways we have the opportunity to know who we love in a very powerful way. Because I think when these type of chaotic and crisis events happen, You just have this strong feeling of who you love and who you care about and who you want to protect even more. And now we can act on those feelings. Excellent. Um, That's, that's great advice. That will help a lot of people listening to this. I know who are who are concerned about that. So now I have to ask you about this hoarding mentality. I mean, the toilet paper thing is so beyond ridiculous. What, what makes people do this? And, you know, it's like you have a snowstorm and the milk and bread are all gone, you know? <laughs> I know. Listen, I'm guilty of saying to my patients, hey, you may want to get some toilet paper. Make sure you, have that. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, have, I feel like I have enough toilet paper for 20 years. I got a, I got a box on Amazon. I didn't even know how much I was ordering. You know, we do, as I, as I mentioned before, we're social creatures and we look to others to make sure that we're on the right track. So when we see others around us uh, gathering all of these resources, if you will, then we think, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be left behind and and be the only person without toilet paper. (laughs) I'm not going to be the only person without cold medicine or Uh, pain medicine. I'm noticing that, you know, that Excedrin and Tylenol and all these things, you can't find anything on the shelf. I've I've never seen New York like this. I mean, one business that's certainly going to thrive, I think, is is the, you know, the supermarkets out there are definitely going to thrive. 
but we look to others as to what to do. And it's a horde mentality. And it's this kind of group think mentality. If someone else is doing it, if many other people are doing this, it must be right. It must be the way to go. And we're all guilty of it to some degree. Well, one of the things that we featured at our website today to help people over the toilet paper stress is that uh, you can actually go to Amazon and you can buy these uh, toilet seat bidets that are very easy to install. So you could get one of those and then not have to freak out over the toilet paper thing anyway. <laughs> I think most people have so much toilet paper. The problem is where to store it at this point. It's crazy, crazy. I love it. My sister sent me a meme and, and, you know, during times of high anxiety, some of the memes and jokes are very, very funny. Yes. And it was a, a meme of the most expensive dress in the world. And it was a toilet paper dress, <laughs> which, you know, was a bit of a chuckle. And someone sent me a photo that was so funny. And on the toilet paper roll, it had one of the CVS receipts. You know, those yes. ones that go on for five feet. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, that definitely helps, I think, when we can make each other laugh. And I think laughter is such a such an important piece of that, too. And I think that's why being able to connect with our friends any way we can at this point and our family and feeling connected and being able to laugh or sharing a glass of wine virtually. Uh, you know, this is, is the time to, this is the time to be thoughtful. This is the time to think about people other than ourselves. This is a time to give. This is a time to share those words maybe we've never shared before. This is a time to pull together. I have to say, Cheryl, I've never had such lovely conversations with so many service people online. I'm having lovely conversations with the American Express customer service person, with the Verizon person that I'm speaking to. I feel like there's this camaraderie that's really nice. So to soak that in, enjoy that. And hopefully when this is all over, because it will be at one point, we can carry that into our new lives. That's great. And, you know, you just mentioned service people. So I think it's also worth to just spend a moment on the fact that, you know, we're recognizing there are so many people who have no source of income right now, whether they've worked in restaurants or, you know, people aren't able to do anything. So, you know, some suggestions are, you know, buy a gift certificate to your favorite restaurant, buy it, go online and get a gift certificate to your manicure uh, shop. So, you know, try to any way we can think to help people who are really, really going to be suffering right now is, is yeah. tough. And yeah. another thing I've noticed uh, that people are doing, which I also really love because, um, you know, I'm in a lot of Facebook groups and a lot of us are in our city or towns Facebook groups and people are Many people are volunteering to shop for people who can't or run errands. And some of these people are offering to pay anyone who isn't, you know, isn't working right now who's willing to do some of that. So I, I love seeing that because to me, that's the real sense of community and where we can really start to think and, and help our neighbors out too. Yeah, 
But, you know, it's almost creating a small town mentality, although I've lived in the city most of my adult life at this point. I grew up in a small town and there really was that sense of helper mentality. You know, do you need my help? Is there some way that I can assist you? And I think that is the way we need to start thinking and it will make us feel better, I promise you. Well, I love that. I love all everything you've said today. You've already made me feel better. Let's hope that the good things, many good things come out of this. And maybe one of the top ones on the list is that we'll all be um, kinder people to each other. That would be a great thing, wouldn't it? <laughs> it certainly would and much needed as well. Uh, well, I want to thank you so much and everyone listening in to find out more about Robbie, go to her website, drrobbyludwig.com. She is an amazing resource. You'll also, uh, you'll see her on the news too, because she gets called on all the time. And by the way, if you're looking for a great book to read right now, go to Amazon. You can get it on Kindle or have it delivered tomorrow. She wrote a fabulous book called Your Best Ages Now that's all about navigating uh, midlife that was also very positive. So again, Robbie, thank you so much. I can't thank you enough right now. Oh, thank you. Stay safe, be kind, and we'll get through this together. You too. Bye-bye.